0: Hello everyone and welcome to Finding Purpose with Melanie the podcast. Episode number 2 of season number 2. And welcome. I am so grateful for everyone who's tuned in, who are listeners. If this is your first time, welcome. This is absolutely a space that I've been wanting to create that provides belonging, a sense of community, realism, Fun, mental health, spiritual well-being, and viewing people as whole people instead of viewing people as pathologically ill. So welcome, and I'm so happy that you joined me. Today I am sitting at my kitchen table recording with my snowball microphone. It literally looks like a snowball, so I'm hoping that over time the sound quality will only improve It's a beautiful day here in the Midwest. It's 50-something degrees and the sun is out, and I'm very much looking forward to having a wonderful Saturday. Whatever day you're listening in to this episode, I hope that you set the intention to find peace, to feel grounded, to know that with every problem, there's always solutions. Sometimes the solution is to Take time in silence and in space and figure out what is it that you truly want. So enjoy the motherfucking day, okay? So I'm coming on today because, as Drake would say, I've been feeling charged up. And the reason why I've been feeling charged up is I have been thinking so much about how mental health is so deeply misunderstood, so deeply stigmatized, and... It makes me think about how, and I'm grateful for this, that in mainstream media, you have a lot more influencers, a lot more people that have large audiences talking about the power of getting a therapist. You know, just think about Jack Harlow just released his new album, and uh, there was this song where Drake was on it, and he was like, Working with my therapist to work on my abandonment issues. And I was like, Yes, I love hearing that. But I also know that as much as we're moving forward, there is also a lot of opportunities for awareness, for learning, for kindness, and for compassion. So as some of my listeners know, I have lived with mental health challenges my entire life. There are times when my depression gets... uh, pretty bad, where it's really hard to show up for the day. It's really hard to get out of the bed. I lose interest in things that I enjoy. I start to feel feelings of hopelessness and feeling just really stuck in kind of this dark, dark spot. Um, In addition, I have lived with anxiety in my body my entire life, probably beginning in utero. And it's been a journey to figure out how to find safety with the feelings of anxiety in my body, not to mention a pretty significant trauma history growing up in chaos and unpredictability and having caregivers unavailable, emotionally unavailable, So, I've definitely had cards dealt to me that were hard, and over the years it's really about how to figure out ways to thrive forward. I do not shy away from talking openly about some of the challenges that I've had because it's important for people to A, feel validated in their own experiences, but to also know that you can still thrive forward. I love that term for individuals who've experienced trauma, and we've all experienced trauma in, in various ways, but there's this term called post-traumatic growth, that how can we grow from our experiences? So ooh, just went on a tangent. Where are we going with that? So I've been super charged up, as Drake would say, because I think that there's just still so much stigma around people throwing terms out and not really knowing where they come from. So over the years, what I've really come to the conclusion of, and I'm really grateful, is to understand that everybody wants to be their best selves. Everyone is actually doing the best that they can with what they're being given. What we don't sometimes take time to kind of just sit and reflect in is that many people's brains were developed. Now, remember, the brain develops top, uh, I'm sorry, the brain develops bottom up. So almost like building blocks onto each other. Many people's brains did not uh, grow in an adaptive way. And let me kind of get clear on this, it, many people's brains had to spend so much time in survival that when they have developed, essentially, they're living life in survival mode, scanning the environment for things to recreate that chaos and have no idea that this is even happening okay we'll get into all of the trauma stuff most likely at a different episode because I really wanted to maybe have a trauma series where we can really talk about like what exactly happens in the brain when we've experienced trauma what might we be experiencing in our relationships and how to have empathy and compassion for people who are chronically dysregulated in that place of survival so One of the things over the years that I've come to really just know is that if someone is talking shit, if someone is doing bogus ass shit, right, and you can describe those swear words as as however you want to. I like to think about it as that example where you're at the grocery store and you just see somebody cutting up at the grocery store, just yelling, shouting big and loud, And I just think to myself now in my adult form with my own awareness that that's that person living in their survival response, right? So there's different types of survival responses. We have fight. So oftentimes I see that as people who literally fight, right? Or I like to think about it as people who get – quick with the tongue. So I like to describe that as like, damn, they're biting today. Wow. Like that they're biting. Um, you have flight. So you have the people who avoid conflict, who run away from it, avoid it, numb it. Um, So fight, flight, you have freezers, which I tend to fall into, which is like under extreme stress. You just freeze where you can't do anything. And then this new one that I've really been toying with, and there's a couple, like some people say fawn. There's this one that I like that really landed for me as a survival skill is submit or comply, which means that if we have, if we can't fight, we can't fight, we can't freeze our way what might be the best choice for us to survive certain situations is to do what the person is telling us to do, right? Like that might be our only way to survive. So when I think about how the brain works and when I think about how it can get hijacked to be in these survival modes, it helps me have more compassion towards people when they're dysregulated. I bring up that word a lot. I want people to normalize it into their vocabulary. Dysregulated is any emotional uh, states that are not peace and calm. They are dysregulated when we are sad and crying, when we're having tantrums, when we're angry, when we're throwing things, when we're yelling, when we're fighting. Every behavior that's not a calm sense of peace and balance, I like to personally coin that as dysregulation. The world is... Extremely touched by dysregulation. Okay. And especially with the pandemic, how much like our brain has struggled with sitting in the seat of uncertainty. Many of us really don't know what it feels like to feel a sense of peace and calm. So, the reason why I'm bringing this up and why I felt like really charged up is because therapy is not for crazy people, because I would argue that every one of us could, by somebody's tongue, could be told that we were crazy, right? That, um, oh, this person does this, this person does that. And the truth of the matter is, is that therapy is not for people who are pathological. That's a big old fancy term, my friends, to just say sick, okay? Okay. What I think therapy unfortunately misses that wound up happening to us is that we had to adapt to a medical model to be able to get our money, honey, okay? The medical model says that we have to give people labels so that we can make some money and that we can then be billed out by insurance. What I often notice though with these labels is that what the labels they don't have in this big old fancy book called the DSM-5 is that they don't have uh, being a human syndrome, a lot of times we feel like there's something wrong with us when it's completely normal and natural that we might be behaving in certain different ways, given our environment, given our internal bodies, and we think then there's something wrong with us when our responses actually make sense. They just might be not be the best responses to get the outcome or to meet the need that we are essentially trying to get. So I'll give you an example. I have a family member right now that's been doing a lot of biting, okay? A lot of biting. They are, at least in my perspective, just chronically dysregulated. And they're burning a lot of bridges in their personal life. They are biting people that used to be friends. They're really, really struggling. And from an outsider perspective, I think to myself, hmm, okay, what might be going on here that this person is biting? Okay, that their brain is chronically in survival mode and that the only way that they know how to cope is to fight and to also push people away. And I think to myself, because people closest to this family member essentially think that they're really fucked up, that they're a bad person, that they've got mental health issues, and that, you know, this is who they are. And of course, yes, I am a trained therapist. I do have, you know, different perspectives. But in my mind, what I think to myself is, what's going on with this person to make them behave in this certain way? It's that coin that Dr. Bruce Perry really said, and that Oprah Winfrey did in their in their book. But and it says, why it, it changes the narrative from. Why are you doing that? Okay, can you hear that in my in my voice? Like how we might say that to someone, like, why the fuck are you doing that? Instead of what we should say is what happened to you that you're behaving this way? It's saying, instead of going into battle with someone who's dysregulated, it's throwing your sword down and saying, I don't want to fight you. What is going on? Because I know that you are not like this. So my my main goal of this podcast is to really say to people, can you look through the biting? Can you look through the survival and think what might be going on for this person that they might be acting this way? Okay. Now having that more compassionate stance doesn't give people a pass to treat you like shit. Okay. If someone's biting, and so I'll give you an example. Um, My One of my parents, my mother, I talk about her a couple of times in the podcast. She's A beautiful woman, intelligent. Uh, Things that I love about her is that she's fucking strong and she doesn't take shit from anybody and um, just creative and anything that she does is excellent. She's definitely uh, a wonderful person and she can become a biter when she's dysregulated. If you have a parent who... Gets dysregulated and then puts you down or says things that are really hard to cope with, it can feel really emotionally unsettling and it can feel really sad. So, something that I really adapted is not to allow her, so I'll just use that example, not to allow her to go off at me when she's dysregulated. So, oftentimes I'll set the boundary and I'll call it out, you know, I'll say, hey mom, you're really dysregulated right now. I'm going to call you back. Let's just take a break and then I'll hang up. Okay. I don't even entertain the conversation anymore. I just hang up because when individuals are dysregulated, their prefrontal cortex, okay, that's the part of our brain that develops last and develops all the way until, you know, I think we're in our like we're 26 or something. So I'm like, wow, I'm getting smarter because I'm older than that. But that part of our brain shuts off. It goes offline. There is no point to try to talk it out or to try to come to some type of an agreement. The best thing to do when someone's dysregulated is to give them space and allow yourself that space to, to say, Let's re-talk about this when we're in a better place. And then having that boundary, right? You're not attacking. You're not going into defense mode. You're just saying, let's have this conversation when we're in a better place. Practicing that, and of course, we are human, right? Let's go back to our being a human syndrome is that not every time it's going to work. Right. There's going to be those days when we're dysregulated, right? We haven't slept. We haven't eaten. We're stressed from work. We're stressed from home. And let a motherfucker try me, right? Um, I'm ready to pop off. So there are those times then where it's harder to sit in that seat of what might be happening to this other person when we ourselves aren't in that spot. So if that happens, I always say to people, Take the time that you need to refill your cup, okay? I've noticed a lot, like just in my personal life as an observer, is that people use the internet to talk a lot of shit. And you can become very dysregulated based on comments from someone who you don't even see, right? I've been watching the show The Last Kingdom and I was thinking, you know, the Vikings, if someone's talking shit, their solution is we're about to fight to the death right now. Okay? But now we live in this world where people can talk shit and rile us up and there's there's really no consequences and no solution. So I've got a solution for you, my friends. The solution is disconnect. Okay? When you're in a place where you can't hold space for other people, disconnect. Go into nature. Go into yourself and slow down, okay? Thinking to yourself, what are the needs that I need right now? I can even say that on the opposite end for that person. So for my family member that's bite, bite, biting, I can tell why they might be biting, okay? I can tell that their body is struggling right now. When we drink, when we smoke, when we do substances, and I'm not here to Preach sobriety. I'm not here to have you change your ways. I'm just here to tell you when we ingest substances into our body, it creates a toxic environment which affects our emotional well being. Okay. That's why if you go for a night of drinking on a bender, most likely for at least, and I'm going to throw this out here, at least a week, you're going to be off. Okay. Because the body needs time to get those toxins out. But that's something we don't often talk about is to think about how can I re-regulate my body so that I can be in a better place emotionally and mentally. So I'm just going to lay that one out there for you guys. The power of working out, and I'll talk about that at a different time. The power of working out can save some people, can really save your life. Because if you intentionally make time for the body and you eat food that's nutrient dense. I was just talking to my mom about this. We like this dietitian, Dr. Furman, who's um, really his main philosophy is eat foods that have nutrients in them. So she said, yeah, you know, we're going to become a nutritarian. I was like, what the fuck is a nutritarian? And then it clicked, right? Eat food that's full of the nutrients that you actually need. So Back to the story of this biter, a family member. I thought to myself, hmm, it makes sense that he's really struggling right now. Given lifestyle choices, given some emotional challenges that just happened, and then also given the fact that this person doesn't have a lot of tools in their toolkit to know what to do right now. Okay? that the only thing that they know right now the only thing that their brain knows to do right now is to bite is to fight okay it's so interesting about trauma is that a lot of times if we've experienced trauma as children okay that can look like an emotionally unavailable parent It can look like divorce. It can look like neglect. It can look like physical, emotional, sexual abuse. It can look like parents fighting in front of you, domestic violence. It can look like uh, a parent holding you to impossible standards. When we've experienced trauma as children, we learn to cope with that trauma in these kind of primal ways. What winds up happening in adult form is when we get so triggered, okay, when our environment is uncertain, when our emotions are tornadoing, when our social relationships don't provide a sense of safety and stability, our brain actually regresses to those primal coping skills. That's why sometimes you might say to yourself, wow, like, this person is acting, like, really young right now. Or, wow, like, I'm really, like, why are you doing that? Like, that's so immature. The truth is, is that our brain is coping the only way that it knows how to do, okay? Now, what do I, what do I do about this family member biter, okay? Well, the truth of the matter is, my friends, is that, And this is with family, this is with friends, this is with the clients that I work with, loved ones that I'm close with, can't force you to do shit you don't want to do, okay? Change has to come within you. But what we can do is we can be kind, we can plant a seed, we can say, hey, I see you. Like, if, if you need someone to talk to, I'm here, like we can offer some, some suggestions, you know, hey, it really helped for me when I get outside every day or hey, it really helped for me when I just disconnected from offline, not telling you what to do, just thought it would be helpful, take what you want, okay? When we plant the seeds and we don't tell somebody what to do, I cannot tell you like how much it backfires, especially for me. Just as who I am. So, not even therapist, Melanie. I do not like when people tell me what to do. Okay. I don't like it. And a lot of times I throw up my middle fingers and I'm like, fuck you. You know, I'm not going to do shit that you tell me to do. Okay. The best thing to do is just to say, I see you. I love you. I'm here for you. This too shall pass. It makes sense that you're feeling this way and you know what are some things that might be helpful here if someone says I don't know maybe offering like some suggestions that might be helpful a lot of times distracting the mind in as one of the first coping skills can be very helpful it long term it's not as helpful because it can go into an avoidance pattern but sometimes we just need to distract our mind off of what's bothering us and re-enter into the present moment So as I come to a conclusion here, because I only actually have a maximum of 30 minutes. As I come to a conclusion here, I want to let you guys know you make sense, Hey, There's not anything wrong with you. What you're going through makes sense. You are doing the best that you can with the skills that you have. And guess the fuck what? We live in a world with infinite possibilities, and there are a lot of really awesome skills or practices that you could do just to try and see if it might help your health out a little bit. Also, to try to reframe your lens of why the fuck are you acting like this to what happened to you that you're acting like this. And to remember your own emotional capacity as someone who's always kind of been the peacemaker in the family, right? Like just somebody who doesn't pick sides, like a very neutral, I forgot what they say, like just, they have like a very neutral country. Like I've always just been a very neutral country in my family. Like you can tell me what's going on here. You can tell me what's going on there. Um, so if you're in that space of holding that emotional emotions of others, be mindful and be loving of your own emotional capacity. The other day, I'll give you an example and then I'm out of here, okay? Let's go enjoy the day. The other day, my mom was in the hospital and it was really bothering me emotionally, okay? I think it would bother anybody, right, if their parent is in the hospital, And she had to be in the hospital for a long time. And, you know, people are calling me, asking me, you know, what's going on? What's going on? My older brother calls me on the phone. Okay. He wants to talk. He asked me like some questions, you know, and I said to him, and I was so proud of myself. I said to him, I don't have the emotional capacity To talk right now because I'm also really struggling so can I give you a call back tomorrow because right now I don't have it in me and it was just I was really proud of myself for for saying that because a lot of times people come to us and we don't have the emotional capacity to be there it's not selfish to say no and it's also not selfish to have boundaries in fact we'll talk about boundaries another time my friend in fact It is the most respectful thing that you can do for yourself is to have boundaries. And also, it's very respectful for another person that you have boundaries. So it goes both ways, my friends. All right, everyone. Well, I'm going to peace out here. And I hope that you take some time for you, that you remember this too shall pass. Some days are really good and some days are tough. And that's what makes it a part of being a human. And as a reminder, there is strength in going to therapy. As a therapist, I do not view my clients as being sick and incapable and, wow, you're fucked up. I, I don't view it that way at all. I view all of my clients as capable strength-based and we got this what might be going on how could I offer an alternative perspective on things you know maybe help you piece together some dots that are hard to see when you're kind of in the funk that's kind of the thing like sometimes it's kind of hard to take an to take your lens out of your own situation so that's in my perspective why I think therapists are so awesome Is because they can take that lens out and and see things that maybe you're missing because you're too in it. All right. And yeah, you can hit me up on all, not all the social media platforms, because I am not on all the social media platforms. Why you might ask is because I value my privacy. That's how I'll go. But you can hit me up on Instagram at my full name. You can also hit me up on my website. And I hope everyone has a really great day. This is Melanie with Finding Purpose with Melanie, the podcast.